Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one loving page of Talmud a day. And in today's page, Ketubot 28, well, we get to look at love from the other end, from the other, we get to look at the rug from the other side. We get to look at what happens when a relationship has gone sour and two people, alas, divorced. Have a listen. What is a ruling? The Talmud wants to know, if it was a small village, may she, a woman who's divorced, live with her ex-husband in the same village? The Gemara relates that this case of his divorcee and a small village was an incident that transpired and the sages said, a small village is judged as his immediate proximity. And therefore, they say not a good idea for two people who got divorced to live in immediate proximity because, you know, all kinds of shenanigans could occur. And so it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show Nicoletta Heidegger, a licensed marriage and family therapist who resides and practices in the greatest city on earth, Los Angeles, California. Nicoletta, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Glad to be here. And despite my name, I am actually Jewish. Well, a, a Jewish Heidegger is a is a topic for an entirely different interview. Uh, I want to know <laughs> yes, all about that <laughs> some other time. But but right now, I, I kind of want to know, look, the, the rabbis are being, I think, very kind of wise here. They're saying, we understand that two people who have been together and have been intimate and, and know each other uh, in the biblical sense of the word, if they live very close to each other, that's just a recipe for disaster. They should just move. They should go away. In, in your considerable education, expertise, and experience, did the rabbis nail it this time around or no? I think it can go both ways, honestly. I think that oftentimes when people become separated, they obviously got separated for a reason. You know, something wasn't working. Um, and I think sometimes a lot of folks, you know, when they do get divorced or break up or whatever it is, they are so uncomfortable with the feelings that come up around the loss and the grief. And I think a lot of people just don't have a lot of the resources and tools to get through those feelings because they're very painful and they're very difficult. You can feel like a failure. There might be children involved. So there's, there's all sorts of things going on. And so I think a lot of folks will want to go back, uh, whether that was because they really enjoyed getting to know each other in the biblical sense, or there were certain things that worked, or they just missed them, and they feel like they won't be able to meet somebody else. And so for those reasons, I don't think it's usually a great idea to go back or to be you know, in sort of that proximity with each other, because then it doesn't leave a lot of space to sort of take the time apart gain insight and reflect on what was going on and potentially work on things within yourself to be able to come back together if you really did want to. Otherwise, then folks kind of come back together and they say things will be different and they're usually not. On the flip side, though, I do think that Sometimes close proximity is uh, helpful and necessary if folks are really ending on amicable terms, if they are really committed to the process of what's now in my field called like conscious uncoupling, uh, meaning a lot of folks. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, for Rabbi, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow. For that term. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Rabbi Gwyneth Paltrow. So a lot of people call it that. But basically, it's like, you know, folks who are willing to go to therapy together and kind of work through the feelings that come up around it to make sure that they are not harming each other more in the process of divorce or separation uh, and potentially not harming the children more and really doing it sort of uh, as authentically and intentionally as possible. And then I believe that, you know, they could just continue being close together and being friends and there's no risk of anything else happening. 
Um, and that, that can really work for people. I also think it's, it's tough because sometimes a lot of the times when people break up, other things weren't working, but maybe the sex was working. So that can be more of a tough one when it's like, oh, well, that was the one thing that worked. And a lot of people will go back for what we call ex-sex. Um, and I think, again, that can go both ways in the sense that it can be not feel good for each partner if there's sort of a clear, not a clarity of if we're getting back together or there's a lot of big feelings coming up. Um, and that, and that can be sort of a struggle. I also think though, that we, even if we don't get divorced and get separated, that if you're together with somebody for a long time, usually there are five to 10, if not more permutations of the relationship within that one relationship. And so sometimes a separation or a divorce of some kind can actually strengthen a relationship if the sort of status and I guess, I don't want to say rules, but boundaries and things shift in the relationship. So I've seen people who used to live together and they were partnered um, and then that wasn't really working for them. And so they decided to sort of end that relationship, but then begin a new relationship with sort of new rules and boundaries as something else. And so I do think that sometimes we can come back together stronger, but there does have to be like a real intentionality of like, what wasn't working is ending. And how can we embrace sort of the birth of a new connection together? So in, in true Talmudic fashion, you've given us a response that basically says, well, it depends on 101 different <laughs> you know, circumstances and permutations. Allow me to do now the, uh, the decidedly non-Talmudic thing and ask you, is there any, you know, having, having seen it all and, and talked about it all, are there any sort of uh, hard and fast ground rules that you could say, hey, man, never mind your specific situation, specific set of circumstances. Here are two or three things that you absolutely must do as you approach this situation of conscious or unconscious uncoupling. I think if there's uh, abuse going on, then to me, that's a big no. And there, I mean, sometimes it's not so easy just to leave, especially if things are dangerous, but you know, that can be a really a, a whole nother conversation. So I think, you know, that, that can be a, a tough one because sort of the abuse cycle makes folks maybe want to come back and stay. Um, and then there's a lot of things going on there. I also think hard and fast rule would be to, and I know this is tough, but you know, whether that's going to, uh, you know, to talk to your community, or if you do believe in therapy, that's going to therapy. I would, I'm obviously biased because I'm a therapist, but I think talk to someone who you can, I don't know, discuss these things with that you're sort of willing to address within yourself. Um, and ideally, I think the other partner would go as well to really be able to look at this and, and see what's going on and, and sort of what feels best. So that's my biased opinion as a therapist, as the hard and fast rule would be to get some therapy. Um, there's all, also all sorts of like books and things that are like the breakup boot camp. There's even a, a place you can go to called the breakup boot camp. Let me guess, in, in Los Angeles, California. Um, actually, it's on the East Coast. Oh, really? Well, it's you know, point, point one for us. That's where they host it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it's it's tough, too, right, because I'm sort of saying this generally from a, a Gentile opinion of sorts, you know, from the therapist opinion. And I think it's it's even more difficult if folks live in a whether that's religious reasons or whether it's just cultural and ethical reasons if they don't believe in divorce. And so I think that can be tough as well. And, and maybe maybe those folks sometimes work harder because they think, well, divorce is not an option. And so then it doesn't even happen at all. But the hope is that, you know, either way, folks will get some therapeutic or community support to be able to 
make things different, make things a little bit better instead of just doing the same thing and expecting the same results or expecting different results, but they get the same results. Amen, Sela. Nicoletta Heidegger, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.